Hey folks, I'm so glad you decided to tune in again today for another faith-filled message brought to you by the partners of the Peckville Assembly of God. We could not do it without you. We're getting this gospel message out as fast as we can on as many networks and voices as we can to help empower people by the power of Jesus Christ. We could not do it without your faithful partnership. If you do me a favor and let people know about our broadcast, help us uh, either by word of mouth or sharing it with them on Facebook, whatever it might be. We truly appreciate all of our partners. We pray for you each and every day. Hey, drop us a line sometime. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're coming live at you with the word right now. I'm sorry. This is just what God showed me. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. It's what the word says. Amen. Trust me. I, I ask the Lord all the time, God, why can't you just give me easy stuff to preach? How many people miss their healing because we're not being obedient? How many people miss, miss their blessing because we're not being obedient? How many people miss out on going to heaven because we're not being obedient or we're afraid or our pride gets in the way or whatever, I'm not worthy or whatever kind of crap religion has got you to believe. And there's a world dying and going to hell because we're afraid to exercise our faith. I say because we're afraid to exercise our faith because doubt and unbelief choke it out. You understand with Job, the Bible says in Job 3.25, what about Job? I'll tell you, Job 3.25, the Bible says that the very things that Job feared the most came upon him. Fear will cripple you. I said, fear will cripple you. And I'll promise you this, as long as fear is getting a hold in your life, it'll keep you back from having God's best. It'll keep you back, business people, from having that business, from completing that dream, from moving into what God has for you. Well, I'm just afraid to step out. How many fearful people get anything done with their lives? None. None. The people that have gone furthest in life are the people, some of the people that have taken the greatest risks in life. They've had to step out of the boat. You got to step out of the boat, man. I told you before, if you stay in the boat, all you meet is disciples. Ain't nothing wrong with disciples, but I'm not trying to hang around with like everybody else. I want to get out in the water where Jesus is. I want to get out where my eyes are fixed on him like Flint, and my faith is causing me to do supernatural things. You know, this week, we got a call uh, from members in this church. They've been with, good Lord, through the old church. My grandparents, and faithful with them, my parents, and now us kids, and great people of faith and believe God, and just amazing God, how God's blessed them, and good Lord, they own like half a mill city. And uh, they called us up there, and they said, we need you guys to come. We need a miracle. We have a family member. They moved her from hospice. Now they have a hospital bed in, in the room. You know, they, they don't think she's going to make it through the day. So Dad and I got in the car and went up there. And as soon as we met them, they actually own, it's funny, they own the dairy bar there, too, in Mill City, which was just a bonus, amen? Maybe you don't like milkshakes. I like milkshakes. It was a bonus, amen? Come on. And we met with them, and they showed us this new vehicle God blessed them with. It showed us how God had blessed them. They own this house and that and the other and cottage and all that stuff. And I love hearing about the blessing of God on people's lives. Look, I'm not one of those preachers that gets mad if you have something. I get excited if you have something. Amen? I love seeing God's blessing in folks' lives. You know what's, you know what's a testament of? How good your God is. God don't mind you being rich. In fact, look at the people in the Bible. Everybody he touched became rich. 
from Abraham right on down the line. I get excited about that stuff because it's a testimony of the blessing of God in your life. So we went over to where their farm is, where they used to live, and now the brother and the sister-in-law live. We went in there, and she's in coma state, you know, laying there in the bed. To everybody else, and there were some people in there that didn't believe like we believe. That's okay. I got my faith, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't throw anybody out of the room. I wasn't feeling like doing one of them. I try not to do that if I don't have to, amen? <laughs> and we went in, Dad and I, and she's just laying there. Eyes closed, not moving, can't say anything. Brain tumors, cancer, the whole thing. They're saying, she ain't going to make it, she ain't going to make it. I'm like, she is now. I said, the word says with long life to satisfy it. I said to me, I said, how old is she? Well, she's 71. <laughs> she's got at least 49 more years. I, you know, and I have Christians say to me, well, the Bible says in Psalms, man's years will be 70, but reason to measure 80. Yeah, what does that relate to? That related to the children of God that were on the backside of the wilderness in Israel, and it was a punishment upon their lives. Thanks for all the amens. So we went in there, and Dad and I start praying. We prayed for her. All of a sudden, one eye comes open. Hallelujah. And I feel the gift of healing. Because there's a difference between a gift of healing and a working of miracles. I said there's a difference between a gift of healing and working of miracles, Joey. Gift of healing is this. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, and then they'll recover. You understand, you always get healed, but it's up to you to recover. I said, it's up to you to recover. Now, the work of miracles is something instantaneous. It's when I laid my hands on a blind lady a couple of months ago, and both of her eyes came wide open. And I made her testify to everybody what color shirt I was wearing, what color tie I was wearing, what even kind of shoes I had on. Praise God. Right? That's a working of miracles. Well, the gift of healing is I lay hands on the sick, and now they recover. How do they recover? By speaking faith every day, by seeing themselves whole, by keeping their faith level up, by not letting, even on the infirmity, you know, I still feel like it's, no, we don't talk like that. We talk faith. I'm better, better, better every day. I'm stronger and stronger. The Bible says in the book of Job, this affliction shall not rise a second time. That's called laying hands on the sick and watch it recover. So gift of healing, working of miracles, amen? Two different things. So we prayed, and then my father, I could tell the anointing's all over him because he gets all misty-eyed when the anointing gets on. <laughs> and I'm just not quite that guy, Amen? And he says, he says, he says uh, to her husband, what was her favorite song? I don't know. She liked those hymns. He said, how about if we sing There's Power in the Blood? So we're in this farmhouse in the backside of Mill City singing There's Power in the Blood, Wonder-Working Power. Hallelujah. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. And I feel my faith level rise. Whew. I said, I feel my faith level rise. And then he starts singing. He's saying, Blessed Assurance. He's saying, In the Garden, all this stuff. I'm like, but we came here to get a lady healed, not to have a worship set, amen? And we're, uh, but uh, Father's life, when he leads praise and worship, it's the atmosphere begins to shift. So as he's singing this song, I'm getting faith built up on the inside of me. And I'm feeling things shifting in the room. Now, she's still laying there. She hardly has one eye open. The other one's still closed, and she still can't move anymore. And all of a sudden, I start feeling this hand getting hot. And I know what that means. I told you about that. One goes numb, the other one gets hot. And I felt this hand get hot. Hallelujah. And I stopped and I was thinking. I said, Dad, I said, it's okay, but you were going to pray a second time because I feel the gift of healing coming on my hands. And I laid hands on her. And I'll tell you, now that the second time, I feel that thing come over. You better look out. There ain't a devil in hell that's going to stop this thing. And I start cursing 
not using four-letter swear words like cursing the devil, amen? Somebody got here, hey, he said it's okay to F it. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Peter did it in the Bible. It didn't make it okay, amen? Read it. Peter was swearing. The Bible says all this mouth can blessing and cursing, you understand. We curse cancer. I curse diabetes. I curse comas. I curse sickness and disease by the authority that's been granted to me by Almighty God. That's why when you hear me pray a lot of times, you say in the name of Jesus Christ, who I am and who I serve. Now I just use his name. Whew. He wrote a great book on it back there, The Authority of Faith. So when I identify with him and use his authority, now every devil in hell has to bend its knee. I said every devil in hell has to bend its knee. So we prayed for her, start cursing that thing up and down. Now we're in a farmhouse, man. And now at this point, there's all kinds of people with tears in their eyes in the room. People that weren't even sure they believe the same way we do. I mean, they were getting saved in the room. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, we got done praying. And I said, now here's what happens. And I told him just what I told you. I said, there's a difference between the working of miracles and gift of healing. What's going to happen with her is the gift of healing. I didn't feel the anointing for working miracles. I felt the anointing for the gift of healing. I said, I laid my hands on her, and now she's going to recover. Here's how she's going to recover. You guys start speaking faith around her. I don't want to hear one more thing that she's going to die. I don't want to hear one more thing that, you know, about cancers and brain tumors and all kinds of nonsense. We took authority over that and drove that out of her body because of the blood of Jesus. I said, now you guys speak every day. She's healed. She's better. She's getting stronger. Oh, God, I thank you. She's getting stronger. I'm trying to help them understand on how you recover. You understand? While I'm saying that, guess what? This eye comes wide open. And then the other one opens up. Now, they hadn't seen that in a while. So now they're really like looking at me like, well, he's not just a crazy young man. I start opening up, hands start moving. Guess what? They decided real quick, well, yes, sir, it is his will. You understand? Because I came in there with authority. I didn't come in there, oh, Jesus, you know, if it be your will, he wouldn't do anything. I came in there knowing it's God's will for her to be healed. That she belongs to God. She's God's property. Satan has no right to touch God's property. And guess what? Your God's property has no right to touch you or afflict you either. You've got to take authority over that thing by faith. Centurion, a man of authority. Jesus, a man of authority. So I went in there. I'm telling you. I get, a, I get caught up in the spirit and that thing of authority. You better look out. There ain't a devil in hell. I'll knock the devil's teeth right down his throat personally. Amen? And maybe put a cowboy boot in his rear end while I'm at it. Praise God. Because I understand I'm using the name. I said I'm using the name. So anyway, both her eyes open. Hands start moving. I said, now just keep speaking faith. I said, get ready. She'll be a testimony to everybody around here. Everybody who knows her around the Mill City area. Oh, she, Sister Ruthie's going to die. No, she ain't. Sister Ruthie's playing the piano again. Sister Ruthie's singing hymns again. You understand? So then I come out of the room, and one of the daughters is there, mentally handicapped. Could I have prayer? I said, absolutely. Boy, we about formed a prayer line in that place, Joey. One guy says to me, well, she has a glass eye. I said, I don't care. I said, you understand? I, you know, I get bold. I said, God's got a whole warehouse full of spare parts in heaven. He'll take an angel and slap a new eyeball on her head. I don't care if she has a glass eye. You think Jesus can't? Well, she has a glass eye, so he can't do a miracle. He's got no problem making her see out of a glass eye, putting a new eye in her head, whatever he's got to do. Come on. It's up to your faith. Oh, she has a glass eye. Who cares? I've seen, I, you know, I'm not bragging. I'm bragging on the goodness of God. But I've seen people's legs grow back out. All things are possible when they believe. All things. Glass eyes classify under all things. So I pray for her. 
Then the other sister, well, can I get prayer? The brother, can I get prayer? By the time we were out, I was having a revival in a farmhouse. I swear to God. We went back out to the car, the people that took us out there, and they said, man, we worked you guys hard. I'm like, yeah, milkshake, milkshake in my head. They said, oh, why don't we stop back at the dairy bar and get a milkshake? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> hey, you can't take care of your needs and above your needs, amen? Come on, desires in my heart. At the time, I, my mind was on uh, peanut butter fudge milkshake, and that's what I had, praise God. Amen? We go down to the dairy bar, we get a milkshake. We're just sitting down talking. Next, you know, another lady comes over to us. She said, would you pray for my grandson? I mean, we were holding revival in Mill City, I'm telling you, the other day. With a Harley Davidson t-shirt and cowboy boots on, amen? I said, sure. She said, well, he's, he, he's got that, uh, what do they call that when they don't, they're not developing? Uh, what is it? Yeah, that's what. I said, not anymore. Her eyes got all big. I said, look, yeah, you don't understand. I'm speaking faith here, honey. I don't see that kid with autism. I see that kid healthy and whole. I said, in fact, I see him graduating top of his class. I see him going to not only a college, but a good college on a scholarship. She says, you think he could do that? I don't think. I know. So bring him out here. So I laid hands on a three-year-old while I was sucking on a milkshake. Amen? I mean, you pour the anointing out, you understand. I mean, it puts a drain on you. But we did it because of the authority. Amen? Faith. Verse 7, he said to him, I will come and heal him. You'll find Jesus says all the time when people are asking for healing, I will. You won't find Jesus turning folks away. Come on, I'm trying to elevate your faith here. Healing is always God's will. I said healing is always God's will. I will come and heal him. Now, truthfully, my mind, I have an inquiring mind in case you couldn't tell. My mind has to ask me, why in the world? Is Jesus willing to heal this guy's servant? You understand, he's a Roman centurion. He's not a Jew. He's outside the house of Israel. You understand? And I said, Lord, why did you heal him? Why are you so willing to go with him? Now, I understand the faith is what stopped Jesus. And I understand that the man believed his heart and confessed. You know, I know if you'll come lay hands on my servant, he'll be made whole. And Jesus says, I will come heal him, right? But I said, Jesus, why? I'm always asking why. I want to know. How about you? Watch this. Flip over with me in Luke where the story is reiterated. It's reiterated in Luke 7, I believe. Yeah, Luke 7. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick to the point of death, who was highly valued by him. How many people know you're highly valued by God, amen? I said, God's got servants. God's got servants, and you're highly valued by God as a servant of God. Well, you ought to read over there in Psalm 35, 27, where the Bible says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. You ought to find out who you are in Christ and that God gets pleasure in your prosperity, amen? Valued by him. Verse 3. When the centurion heard about Jesus, now how does faith come? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing that, by hearing the word of God. Now the centurion's got faith getting built in him just like the leper did because he heard about Jesus. The Bible says in Luke 5, 15, they came to hear and be healed. Amen? 
heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, watch this, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him. Verse 5, why? For he loves our nation. Amen? There's nothing wrong with being patriotic. Amen? I said amen. We ought to love our country. Amen? Thank you. He loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. Wrap your head around that. This guy's not a Jew. I said, this guy's not a Jew. He's a centurion. And he loves the nation of Israel so much. And the man literally out of his own finances built them a temple to worship in. He sowed seed. It's because he sowed seed. See it. Say it. So forth. See it, say it, sulfur. So I asked the Lord, I said, why did you do that? He brought me over here to the scripture. He loved our nation and built our temple. Now watch this, Psalm 122, I believe it is in verse 6. It says it like this. It says, those who pray for the peace and the protection of Israel will prosper in all their ways. Is that what it is? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they may be prosper who love you, the holy city, in that version. I'll take it a step further. Part of the reason our nation is prospering the way it's prospering isn't only because of the president. It's because one of the things the president did. Somebody's going to get mad, I'm sure, online. Well, I ain't president by Trump. He's your president. The Bible commands you to pray for him. I prayed for Obama. We'll leave it there. Amen. <laughs> Maybe different prayers, but we'll leave it there. Amen. What's, what's, what's the first thing our president did? Watch this. He got in bed with Israel, if I can say it like that. He got Israel's back. Rouse at me about it. Look under the Obama administration, how they backed away from Israel. And helped all of Israel's unfriendly friends around them. And look at how our nation began to crash. Come on, am I telling the truth? Okay, maybe not on CNN. But anywhere else, am I telling the truth? Amen. <laughs> that was for free. President Trump comes in there. And I'll tell you this. Because he sat at a table with guys I know and asked them this at the table a couple of years ago. He said, if I was to move the embassy back to Jerusalem, would it cause a war? You know, five of the guys were sitting at the table. He said, it wouldn't start a war. In fact, what it would do is it'd be fulfillment of something that's going on in Scripture. And they gave him that Scripture. Look, like Trump, hate Trump, when we came to Israel's aid, and he gave him the largest foreign aid, by the way, that... that our country began to change. There was a shifting, come on, in our economy. So there's a shifting in our economy. Don't believe it. I mean, my friend Bishop says he'll be here in a few weeks. He says, numbers don't lie, people do. 
I'm not saying it's solely because of Trump, but I'm telling you Trump did something that was biblical there. I'm not, I'm not saying Trump is a biblical figure. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Because somebody will come after me saying, you said Trump. No, what I'm saying is Trump practiced Psalm 122.6 right there. The minute we came to the protection of Israel, you'll prosper in all your ways. The word of God always works. Just remember, God used a mule in the Bible. Come on. He used a jackass in the Bible. That means he can use you too, amen? Praise God. Somebody told me that one time. But it's true. Don't be surprised our economy, everything's going so well. The word always works. I said the word always works. Amen? All right, uh, hopefully if there's anybody left I didn't offend, we'll get through the rest of this. Praise God. So anyway, that's what God showed me. Loves our nation, and he's the one who built us our synagogue. You know why? Because he was a wealthy man. He was a man of authority. He was a man of power. Let me tell you something. You, can't, you don't have enough excess funds to build somebody a church if you're not wealthy. Look around. This thing costs a lot of money. This thing costs a lot of money, amen? So now he literally has children of God on his behalf saying, he's worthy, go do the miracle for him. He has people, watch this, from within the house working for somebody that's outside of the house. Some of y'all aren't catching what I'm pitching here. Jesus is at the right hand of God. The Bible says, ever interceding for us. His blood was shed on the mercy seat. Hello? I said his blood was shed on the mercy seat for you and I. You understand Jesus was within the house, and you and I were outside the house, but because of the blood of Jesus, we've now been brought into the family of God. It's the same thing that's working right here for the centurion. Because he sowed seed into the children of God, into the house of God, now when he needed a miracle, guess what? Jesus was coming to his house. I said, Jesus is coming to his house. Watch this. Here's what you need to catch. If you don't catch anything else, catch this. What you do for God's house, God will do for your house. I said, what you do for God's house, God will do for your house. <laughs> I'll just call it for what it is. I'll be very candid with you guys. When I wasn't serving the Lord, and I was living like hell, truthfully, I still tithe. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I was out there doing all kinds of wrong stuff, and I still tithe. Can you imagine? Because I was taught from the time I was a child that that belongs to God, you don't touch it. So I'm living like the devil, but I'm still tithing. Think how crazy that is. I, honest to God, think of how nuts that is. Because I was taught that principle as a child that that's what belongs to God. And what I taught is you always honor God's house, what belongs to God. To God, what, God, what belongs to God. You understand? Come on. And so I was out there living like hell. But still, what? Now you know what's crazy? God was still blessing me. I said, God was still blessing me. I, you know what it was? My seed was still connected to the house. My seed was still connected to the house of God. I was still doing something for God's house even though I was outside the house and God's spirit was still working on my behalf. Catch this. God's principles always work. The Bible says God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You understand, through my financial giving,
burning deep down in my gut, Joey. And I, I used to say things like this. Leave. out prophesy over me, and I'd straight up go, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want to be a part of this thing. But yet, I was still given. Crazy? But because I was doing something for God's house. Because I was doing something for God's house. I'm telling you, I used to come walking through the door of my parents' house, 4.30 in the morning, night after night after night. Sleep two hours, get up and go to work. I don't know how I lived like that for years, but I did. And my parents would be in their back room praying. And I used to tell them, stop praying. It's making me miserable. Please stop. I'm serious. I used to tell them, stop praying for me. God listens to your prayers, and it makes me miserable. So stop. There's not alcohol or drug or anything you could do. I was outside. Even though I was outside the house, I was still doing something for God's house, and God was still working a miracle in my parents' house. Because when you're obedient to God's word, watch this, parents, when you're obedient to God's word, the Bible says in Job, I believe it's 22:30, but it says in Job, because of the cleanliness of your hands, your household will be saved. The Bible says in Psalm 112, parents, because of your... I believe it is. The Bible says, parents, because of you, God will show his faithfulness to a thousand generations. You understand, parents, what you're doing. Your time with your children is sowing seed, you understand. When you're bringing them to God's house, it's sowing seed. Or little Debbie. That's the cakes. Or little whatever her name is. God's house a priority. And what you do for God's house, God will do for your house. I'm telling you, folks. It was the times when, like, me and my brother were, like, literally throwing up on a Sunday morning and our parents would be dragging us to the house of God. That's the stuff I couldn't get out of me when I was trying to live out there. You understand how tight of a grip that has on you? That mom and dad brought us to the house of God. No matter, you were sick, you were coming to church to get healed. This is how I grew up. Well, you know, I don't want to force my kids to do anything. No, you don't want to be a parent. You're trying to be their best friend, and then you wonder why your kid ends up a screw-up. I'm sorry, but it's true. Parents, you got to be your parent. you got to stand for what the Word of God says. But here's what I know. What you do for God's house, God will do for your house. You start sowing time in God's house, guess what? God will start sowing some time with his angels in your house. I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to encourage you to pursue a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a God in heaven who loves you, who has uh, exact and specific blueprints for your life, for you to follow that uh, when you're in your sweet spot, when you're in the will of God, you'll enjoy life to the fullest. And we would love to help you in your journey of faith. Until next time, may God's richest blessing be yours.